Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Musings on Theosophy podcast. I'm your host, Marlon Braccia. Today, I'll be narrating Chapter 14, From the Ocean, by William Q. Judge. It's fairly safe to say that most of us are aware of cycles, but probably only the very shortest ones. We know when we woke up, and about when it's time to go to sleep again, or to eat again, or to bathe again or to go back to college for the next semester, or to put the Christmas tree up because the holidays are upon us. We can become aware of the cycle of one human life when perhaps we realize there are more days behind us than are in front of us in our lifetime. If you're into the zodiac, you may think in slightly longer cycles, like the sidereal year of a slow-moving planet taking its orbit around the sun. But in comparison to the length of the cycles that this chapter explains. All of the cycles that I've mentioned are minuscule. The cycles described are absolutely vast. In one way, it could be easy to think that we're the tiniest drop and that our effect as an individual can't really be that significant. But when it's further explained that the actions that we take in our lifetimes have an effect on the matter of the globe, This makes for a completely different mindset. In one section, the end of the last sidereal year is quoted as being 9,868 years ago. If we add to that the approximate 125 years since these writings were created, that gives us almost precisely 10,000 years ago. Out of curiosity, I went to Wikipedia to find out what was going on on the planet about 10,000 years ago. Some sources say that pottery was brand new and that agriculture was starting to become something that organized societies in a very different way. But the cycles described in this chapter are mostly even more vast. Nor do the different kinds of cycles have the same duration. Similar to days fitting into a week and a week fitting into a month and months into years and so on, one cycle is contained in another cycle. Many of you may already be familiar with the concept of cause and effect in this case, that is how mankind's actions energetically influence the globe on the physical plane. How that cause and effect actually happens is described in very interesting detail in these passages. If you've been following this podcast, hopefully by now you've realized that sometimes the sentence structure can be a little bit complex. And the use of some terms may have a very different connotation today than they did at the time of these writings in the late 1800s. In this chapter, races are referred to and discussed. In particular, the word Aryan always makes me a little bit uncomfortable because of its usage during World War II, some 60 or so years after the time of these writings. So please understand that nothing in the whole of theosophy believes that any one race is superior or inferior to the other. It simply comments that each race has its individual cycle. So without further ado, here's the chapter on cycles. Enjoy. The Ocean by W.Q. Judge, 1893. Chapter 14. Cycles. The Doctrine of Cycles is one of the most important in the whole theosophical system, though the least known of all of them, the one most infrequently referred to. Western investigators 
have for some centuries suspected that events move in cycles. And a few of the writers in the field of European literature have dealt with the subject, but all in a very incomplete fashion. This incompleteness and want of accurate knowledge have been due to the lack of belief in spiritual things and the desire to square everything with materialistic science. Nor do I pretend to give the cycle law in full, for it is one that is not given out in detail by the masters of wisdom. But enough has been divulged, and enough for a long time known to the ancients to add considerably to our knowledge. A cycle is a ring or turning, as the derivation of the word indicates. The corresponding words in the Sanskrit are yuga, kalpa, mamvantara, but of these yuga comes nearest to cycle, as it is lesser in duration than the others. The beginning of a cycle must be a moment that added to other moments makes a day, and those added together constitute months, years, decades, and centuries. Beyond this, the West hardly goes. It recognizes the moon cycle and the great sidereal one, but looks as both and upon the others merely as periods of time. If we're to consider them as but lengths of time, there's no profit except to the dry student or to the astronomer. In this way today, they are regarded by European and American thinkers who say cycles exist but have no great bearing on human life and certainly no bearing on the actual recurrence of events on the stage of life of persons who once lived in the world. The theosophical theory is distinctly otherwise, as it must be if it carries out the doctrine of reincarnation, to which in the preceding pages a good deal of attention has been given. Not only are the cycles named actual physical facts in respect to time, but they and other periods have a great effect on human life and the evolution of the globe with all the forms of life thereon. Starting with the moment and proceeding through a day, this theory erects a cycle into a comprehensive ring which includes all in its limits. The moment being the basis, the question to be settled in respect to the great cycles is, when did the first moment come? This cannot be answered, but it can be said that the truth is held by the ancient theosophists to be that at the first moments of the solidification of this globe, the mass of matter involved attain a certain indefinite rate of vibration, which will hold through all variations in any part of it until its hour for dissolution comes. These rates of vibration are what determine the different cycles, and, contrary to the ideas of Western science, the doctrine is that the solar system and the globe we are now on will come to an end when the force behind the whole mass of seen and unseen matter has reached its limit of duration under cyclic law. Here our doctrine is again different from both the religious and scientific one. We do not admit that the ending of the force is the withdrawal by a god of his protection, nor the sudden propulsion by him of another force against the globe, but that the force at work in determining the great cycle is that of man himself, considered as a spiritual being. When he is done using the globe, he leaves it, and then with him goes out the force holding all together, 
the consequence of dissolution by fire or water or whatnot, these phenomena being simply effects and not causes. The ordinary scientific speculations on this heed that the earth may fall into the sun, or that a comet of density may destroy the globe, or that we may collide with a greater planet, known or unknown. These dreams are idle for the present. Reincarnation being the great law of life and progress, it is interwoven with that of the cycles and karma. These three work together, and in practice it is almost impossible to disentangle reincarnation from cyclic law. Individuals and nations in definite streams return in regularly recurring periods to the earth and thus bring back to the globe the arts, the civilization, the very persons who once were on it at work. And as the units in nation and race are connected together by invisible strong threads, large bodies of such units moving slowly but surely all together reunite at different times and emerge again and again, together into new race and new civilization, as the cycles roll their appointed rounds. Therefore the souls who made the most ancient civilizations will come back and bring the old civilization with them in idea and essence, which being added to what others have done for the development of the human race in its character and knowledge will produce a new and higher state of civilization. This newer and better development will not be due to books, to records, to arts, or mechanics, because all of those are periodically destroyed so far as physical evidence goes. But the soul ever retaining in manas the knowledge it once gained, and always pushing to completer development the higher principles and powers. The essence of progress remains and will surely come out as the sun shines. And along this road are points when the small and large cycles of avatars bring out for man's benefit the great characters who mold the race from time to time. The cycle of avatars includes several smaller ones. The greater are those marked by the appearance of Rama and Krishna among the Hindus, of Menas among the Egyptians, of Zoroaster among the Persians, and of Buddha to the Hindus and other nations of the East. Buddha is the last of the great avatars and is in a larger cycle than is Jesus of the Jews, for teachings of the latter are the same as those of Buddha and tinctured with what Buddha had taught to those who instructed Jesus. Another great avatar is yet to come, corresponding to Buddha and Krishna combined. Krishna and Rama were of the military, civil, religious, and occult order, Buddha of the ethical, religious, and mystical, in which he was followed by Jesus. Muhammad was a minor intermediate one for a certain part of the race, and was civil, military, and religious. In these cycles we can include mixed characters who have had great influence on nations, such as King Arthur, Pharaoh, Moses, Charlemagne reincarnated as Napoleon Bonaparte, Clovis of France reborn as Emperor Frederick III of Germany, and Washington, the first president of the United States of America, where the root for the new race is being formed. At the intersection of great cycles, dynamic effects follow and alter the surface of the planet 
by reason of the shifting of the poles of the globe or other convolution. This is not a theory generally acceptable, but we hold it to be true. Man is a great dynamo, making, storing, and throwing out energy. And when masses of men composing a race thus make and distribute energy, there is a resulting dynamic effect on the material of the globe, which will be powerful enough to be distinct and cataclysmic. That there have been vast and awful disturbances in the strata of the world is admitted on every hand and now needs no proof. These have been due to earthquakes and ice formation so far as concerns geology. But in respect to animal forms, the cyclic law is that certain animal forms now extinct and also certain human ones not known but sometimes suspected will return again in their own cycle. And certain human languages now known as dead will be in use once more at their appointed cyclic hour. The metonic cycle is that of the moon. It is a period of about 19 years, which being completed, the new and the full moons return on the same days of the month. The cycle of the sun is a period of about 28 years, which having elapsed the dominical or Sunday letters, return to their former place and proceed in the former order according to the Julian calendar. The great sidereal year is the period taken by the equinoctical points to make their procession a complete revolution of the heavens. It is composed of 25,868 solar years, almost. It is said that the last sidereal year ended about 9,868 years ago, at which time there must have been on this earth a violent convolution or series of such, as well as distributions of nations. The completion of this grand period brings the earth into newer spaces of the cosmos, not in respect to their own orbit, but by reason of the actual progress of the sun in an orbit of its own that cannot be measured by any observer of the present day, but which is guessed at by some and located in one of the constellations. Affecting man are especially the spiritual, psychic, and moral cycles. And out of these grow the national, racial, and individual cycles. Race and national cycles are both historical. The individual cycles are of reincarnation, of sensation, and of impression. The length of the individual reincarnation cycle for the general mass of men is 1,500 years, and this in its turn gives us historical cycle related closely to the progress of civilization. For as the masses of persons return from Devachan, it must follow that the Roman, Greek, the old Aryan, and the other ages will be seen again and can to a very great extent be plainly traced. But man is also affected by astronomical cycles because he is an integral part of the whole, and these cycles mark periods when mankind as a whole will undergo a change. In the sacred books of all nations, these are often mentioned and are in the Bible of the Christians as, for instance, in the story of Jonah in the belly of the whale. This is an absurdity when read as history, but not so as an astronomical cycle. Jonah is in the constellations, and when that astronomical point, which represents man, reaches a point in the zodiac, which is directly opposite the belly of Cetus, or the whale on the other side of the circle, by what is known as the process of opposition, 
then Jonah is said to be in the center of the fish and is, quote, thrown out at the expiration of the period when that man point has passed so far along the zodiac as to be out of opposition to the whale. Similarly, as the same point moves through the zodiac, it is brought by apposition into the different constellations that are exactly opposite from century to century while it moves along. During these progresses, changes take place among men and on earth exactly signified by the constellations when those are read according to the right rules of symbology. It is not claimed that the conjunction causes the effect, but that ages ago the masters of wisdom worked out all the problems in respect to man and found in the heavens the means for knowing the exact dates when events are sure to recur. And then by imprinting in the minds of older nations the symbology of the zodiac, were able to preserve the record and the prophecy. Thus in the way that a watchmaker can tell the hour by arrival of the hands or the works of the watch at certain fixed points, the sages can tell the hour for events by the zodiacal clock. This is not, of course, believed today, but it will be well understood in future centuries. And as the nations of the earth have all similar symbols in general for the zodiac, and as also the records of races long dead have the same, it is not likely that the vandal spirit of Western 19th century will be able to efface this valuable heritage of our evolution. In Egypt, the Dendera zodiac tells the same tale as the one left to us by the old civilization of the American continent. And all these are from the same source. They are the work of the sages who come at the beginning of the great human cycle to give to man, when he begins his toilsome ascent up the road of development, those great symbols and ideas of an astronomical character which will last through all the cycles. In regard to the great cataclysms occurring in the beginning and ending of great cycles, the main laws governing the effects are those of karma and re-embodiment or reincarnation, proceeding under cyclic rule. Not only is man ruled by these laws, but every atom of matter as well, and the mass of matter is constantly undergoing a change at the same time with man. It must therefore exhibit alterations corresponding to those through which the thinker is going. On the physical plane, effects are brought out through the electrical and other fluids acting with gases on solids of the globe. At the change of a great cycle, they reach what may be termed the exploding point and cause violent convulsions of the following classes. A. Earthquakes. B. Floods. C. Fire. D. Ice. Earthquakes may be brought on, according to this philosophy, by two general causes. First, subsidence or elevation under the earth crust due to heat and steam. Second, electrical and magnetic changes which affect water and earth at the same time. These have the power to instantaneously make the earth fluidic without melting it, thus causing immense and violent displacements in large or small waves. And this effect is sometimes seen now in earthquake districts when similar electrical causes are at work in smaller measure. Floods of general extent are caused by displacement of water from the subsidence or elevation of land, and by those combined with electrical change 
which induces a copious discharge of moisture. The latter is not a mere emptying of a cloud, but a sudden turning of vast bodies of fluids and solids into water. Universal fires come from electrical and magnetic changes in the atmosphere, by which the moisture is withdrawn from the air and the latter turned into a fiery mass. And secondly, the sudden expansion of the solar magnetic center into seven such centers, thus burning the globe. Ice cataclysms come not only from the sudden alteration of the poles, but also from lowered temperature due to the alteration of the warm fluid currents in the sea and the hot magnetic currents in the earth. The first being known to science, the latter not. The lower stratum of moisture is suddenly frozen, and vast tracts of land covered in a night with many feet of ice. This can easily happen to the British Isles if the warm currents of the ocean are diverted from its shores. Both Egyptians and Greeks had their cycles, but in our opinion derived them from the Indian sages. The Chinese always were a nation of astronomers and have recorded observations reaching far back of the Christian era. But as they belong to an old race which is doomed to extinction, strange as the assertion may be, their conclusions will be correct for the Aryan races. On the coming of the Christian era, a heavy pall of darkness fell on the minds of the men in the West. And India was for many centuries isolated so as to preserve these great ideas during the mental night of Europe. This isolation was brought about deliberately as a necessary precaution taken by that great lodge to which I averted in Chapter 1. Because its adepts, knowing the cyclic laws perfectly, wished to preserve the philosophy for future generations. As it would be mere pedantry and speculation to discuss the unknown Sados and Naros and other cycles of the Egyptians, I will give the Brahmanical ones since they tally most exactly with the correct periods. A period or exhibition of universal manifestation is called a Brahmanda, that is a complete life of Brahma, and Brahma's life is made of his days and years which, being cosmical, are each of immense duration. His day is as man's, 24 hours long. His year, 360-odd days. The number of his years is 100. Taking now this globe, since we are concerned with no other, its government and evolution proceed under Manu, or man, and from this term, Manvantara, or between two manas. The course of evolution is divided into four yugas for every race in its own time and way. These yugas do not affect all mankind at one and the same time, as some races are in one of the yugas while others are in a different cycle. The Red Indian, for instance, is in the end of his Stone Age, while the Aryans are quite a different state. These four yugas are Krita or Satya, the Golden Treta, Vapara, and Kali, or black. The present age for the West and India is Kali Yuga, especially in respect to moral and spiritual development. The first of these is slow in comparison to the rest, and the present Kali is very rapid, its motion being accelerated precisely like astronomical periods known today in regard to the moon, but not fully worked out. 
The following is a table found on page 125 of the ocean. And it reads, 360-odd mortal days equals one mortal year. Krita Yuga has 1,728,000 mortal years. Treta Yuga has 1,296,000 mortal years. Vapara Yuga has 864,000 mortal years. Kali Yuga has 432,000 years. Maha Yuga, or the preceding, has 4,320,000 years. 71 Maha Yugas form the reign of one Manu, or 306,720,000. 14 Manus are 4,298,080,000 mortal years. Add the dawns or twilights between each Manu, 25,920,000 mortal years. These rains and dawns make 1,000 Maha Yugas, a Kalpa, or a day of Brahma, 4,320,000,000 mortal years. Brahma's nights equal his day and night together, make 8,640,000,000 mortal years. 360 of these days make Brahma's year. 3,110,400,000,000. 100 of these years make Brahma's life. 311,040,000,000. The first 5,000 years of Kali Yuga will end between the years 1897 and 1898. This Yuga began 3,102 years before the Christian era, at the time of Krishna's death. As 1897-98 are not far off, the scientific men of today will have an opportunity of seeing whether the close of the 5,000-year cycle will be preceded or followed by any convolutions or great changes political, scientific, or physical, or all of these combined. Cyclic changes are now proceeding as year after year, the souls from prior civilizations are being incarnated in this period when liberty of thought and action are not so restricted in the West as they have been in the past by dogmatic religious prejudice and bigotry. And at the present time, we are in a cycle of transition when, as a transition period should indicate, everything in philosophy, religion, and society is changing. In a transition period, the full and complete figures and rules respecting cycles are not given out to a generation which elevates money above all thoughts and scoffs at the spiritual view of man and nature. That concludes Chapter 14 of The Ocean by William Q. Judge. In the foreword of The Ocean, it says it was last edited in 1893. I hope you'll join me again for Season 2, Episode 2 of the Musings on Theosophy podcast. To learn more about what Theosophy has to offer, I welcome you to join any of the Zoom classes or take a look at the extraordinary number of websites that are created by different people all around the world who are each studying Theosophy in their own way. Zoom classes are held all week long. I bet there's something that would fit into your schedule in your time zone if you have further interest. The website for the classes is universaltheosophy.com.
check the drop-down menu that says Community and then Classes. This series has been brought to you by The Theosophy Company, and I thank them for their generous support of this project. The URL of The Theosophy Company website is theosophyult.com. I'll spell that for you. T-H-E-O-S-O-P-H-Y-U-L-T dot com. So it's time to say goodbye again with the feeling of a universal brotherhood. So, buonanotte, dovisnia, yasu, buenas noches, ciao, and goodbye. Hopefully, just for now. Bye.